Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to the season preview episode of URT Number, the Amazing Race 32 recaps from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Harmstone, and joining me as always is the Canadian who prepares for his Bollywood breakout every single day, Logan Saunders. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. It is, I guess, the final countdown, because just going straight into it, I did say this on social media a while ago, Amazing Race 32, unless it's an amazing season, is probably going to be my last Amazing Race season of coverage. It's funny you mention that because I just went on the CBS website and they have the different categories of like TV shows, what's popular, and they have a reality TV category. And if you scroll through each set, you can scroll through, I think, a selection of 20 in each category on the what's trending and what's popular one. I don't can't remember if it was the same one or if they split into two, even though the Mason Race is like the only show with new episodes coming out in the next month. It was not in the What's Trending category on the official CBS website. (laughs) And then in the reality TV section, I clicked through and there was 20 reality shows. Mason Race didn't even make it into the top 20 on CBS. Of course, they included like the affiliates like MTV, like they had MTV The Challenge and I guess a couple of other shows. But yeah, they didn't have a Mason Race in their top 20 even though it's like the only reality show I believe that's premiering in the next couple of weeks. And it'll be premiering when Big Brother is pretty much finished. (laughs) Well, Big Brother's been pretty much finished for about six weeks at this point. (laughs) At least in our minds. Yeah. The triple eviction will only bring in so many viewers. But I mean, they've they've done really well ratings-wise, but I, I understand what you mean, Michael. Yeah. Do you think Amazing Race 33 is actually going to finish filming? Well, Phil Kogan just did an interview and not, like, I assumed it wasn't going to, like, this is how I view the timeline, because I know we're jumping a full season ahead, but it's the most interesting thing that's happened in the past little while. When they stopped filming back in February, I thought, okay, we we didn't know how long coronavirus was going to be. It's like, okay, maybe in a few months they can resume. A few months you can probably get all the teams back, most likely. But at this point, with how things are going in the States, we're now in at the end of September, and like every country on the planet's expecting some sort of COVID spike, including yours truly in Canada. Now we're thinking, hmm, uh, they probably wouldn't even be able to get the green light to film until end of spring, most likely, or they'd have to have a vaccine out at this point would be the most likely scenario. Everyone would have to get vaccinated. Everyone's schedules would have to line up, not only for the contestants, the, the eight or nine remaining teams, but also all of the producers and Phil. Bertram and Elise are working on their own projects right now. Phil is expanding his Tough as Nails empire worldwide. So you got to be thinking that's big, that's like the biggest project he's taken on in his entire, probably in his entire Hollywood career. So... I'm thinking it's not as easy as just saying, oh, it's now safe, we can all go out and film. It's like, no, you have to wait till everyone's schedules are all lined up. Contestants may even have to do a two-week quarantine or something before they're allowed to fly everywhere, potentially. So it's like, I can't see them even filming 33 until next summer at the earliest. And then who knows, like, as we've learned with one of the teams in this cast, a lot happens in a year and a half. (laughs) 
one of the teams i think you mean a few of the teams because there's a couple of updates that cbs have not put in those bios but i do have them so we will get to those very soon yeah i have updates on two teams i think yeah i can't remember whether it's two or three who who i have updates on but there's a few at least there's one that's a real biggie update that tells you how long it's been since the season filmed Mm. so interestingly they've not confirmed the number of miles for this season yet um i did try and scour it right before recording this they still haven't confirmed how many miles they're actually going to be traveling however uh they've confirmed five of the countries that they're going to be visiting already which is trinidad and tobago france germany brazil and kazakhstan having said that not in that order uh i believe i'm led to believe at least there are another five unconfirmed countries that they have not confirmed and as is traditional we will not be talking about those countries yep only whatever was in the cbs press release Yes. The ground rules for our previews, I'm going to go into it right now. These are entirely based on our understanding from the bios. The bios are written by the contestants who can amend them up to about two weeks before publication, I believe, although I although I may be mistaken given how long it's taken for this season to actually air after filming. If we are insulting about you, I don't think we will be in this cast, I'll be honest. This is quite a pleasant cast i would say on the whole if we're insulting about you it's not personal we will probably change our opinion of you by the end of episode one i'll be honest so please don't try and run us off the internet and i believe one of the bios has a total of 43 words of responses so we're basing somebody off of 43 written words and we're gonna be and we're gonna respond with about 500 words to that 43 word bio by any chance is that jerry no, I don't think it was, actually. Really? I think it was the team from the weird town name from, like, Paint. Ah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of really short bios. There's a few bios where, genuinely, these people have written essays and you can tell that they've worked on this for two years. Because there are some really detailed bios. They've had two, yeah, that's true. They've had two years to type these up. And also, as a little, um, as a little teaser... This is the first season in a while where it's all unknown people, at least to to me. You may know some of the American football players and stuff. However, there is one person in this cast who we do know, and I'm 99% sure that they don't remember that we know them. And I'm not going to say who it is just yet. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll find out soon. (laughs) Yeah, it's someone who I know is definitely going to listen to this episode, and I don't think remembers that they have a connection to us. And I'm very excited. <laughs> You've waited two years to talk about this. Essentially, yeah, because I think we have kind of teased this for at least a year. It's like a year and a half since we did the 31 um, episodes. And I think we did tease it in 31 that we do have a connection to someone on 32. And the final bit of housekeeping before we actually start with the bios is that Phil has claimed that the filming of this season was the toughest since season three. That's quite that's quite a distinction from from a guy who's I mean that's twenty that's twenty nine seasons later and he's saying this was the toughest one. He said this ruined them, I think was his exact words. Yeah, tougher than a season where they visited six continents, tougher than a season that featured one leg that was Brazil, Germany, Russia. Yeah. Yeah, season nine didn't have the easiest route either. <laughs> no. So our first team is going to be Apana and Eswar who are a brother and sister from California. So one thing I noticed with the bios is there there is definitely a record number of advertisements for the companies that these teams work for. 
And we start here with Aparna and Eswar who break this rule. They both advertise uh, a product that they individually developed. Uh, so we're looking for sponsors, so let's plug them. Uh, Aparna uh, did something with Arise AI. AI stands for Artificial Intelligence. Uh, Eswar did a product called Flow, which does not sound like a pleasant name for a product. I just can't be like, oh, I'm going to go buy some Flow, you know. It is, however, the um, the nickname of someone who was on the Fox breakout hit over the summer, Ultimate Tag. <laughs> that is true. He was the fastest guy. No one could beat the Flow. <laughs> How many episodes did they end up doing? I think I watched like seven or eight of them. I think it was ten. Okay, so I did. I liked Ultimate Tag. It wasn't as bad as Tough as Nails. There's actually a similar show um, that I just watched a couple days ago on Discovery Channel. Because now I have Discovery Channel for the first time. Uh, Dodgeball Thunderdome. I'm like, this is very reminiscent of taking the Ultimate Tag concept, a schoolyard game with that's ballooned up to a full one-hour episode. Isn't it supposed to be terrible though, Dodgeball Thunderdome? It's not the the best part is like the the end when they actually do play dodgeball. Yeah. So anyway, Aparna and Eswar are one of my favorite teams, which is why they're one of the first. Because just their bio was mana from heaven. They wrote so much. They wrote so much ridiculous stuff that I'm just like, you are my people. You've just made my life so much easier. And it's a common complaint when we do these previews that People write so little that I have no impression of them and I just start making offensive jokes about them. I don't have that problem with these two because they wrote so much. I like how they reference, well, of course, the fact that they're kind of day one fans like I am. But they said, oh, in season 10, we were you know, really excited to see Shania India, like their heritage, I guess. And then, of course, um, the fact they said, oh, we're an Indian American team. And I'm thinking... Man, oh man, all they need to do is make it past the first leg of the race and they'll do better than any Indian American team in all 32 seasons of Amazing Race. Yep. Indian Canadian teams, however, have done very well on the Amazing Race. <laughs> I was going to say, is there um, is there a particular team you can think of who I absolutely adore who these two might be giving me the vibes of? A team who are East Indian are siblings and, and are in their early to mid-twenties. No, there isn't a favorite team of yours, Michael, that comes to mind, and it's definitely not Suki and Jinder Atwal from Season 2 of Amazing Race Canada. If you've ever heard our Amazing Race Canada recaps, I talk about Suki and Jinder so much because they are everything I want in an Amazing Race team. They are so unbelievably tone-deaf about how they come across to people. They are surprisingly good racers, and they are incredibly entertaining. And I have such high hopes for these two, purely because they're giving me slight Atwell vibes. Like, the fact that she said she wanted to run the race to fulfill a childhood dream and spend time with her brother, and then he turns around and goes, hopefully they can learn to work better together and deal with each other's flaws. Like, this is a team that is made to melt down. And I can't wait. And one impressive thing about Eswar is he learned how to swim two years ago, or maybe four years ago. I don't know when these bios were written. Yeah, this is the problem with these bios. We genuinely have no idea of the timelines. Like, if he learned how to swim two years ago, does that mean he learned how to swim on the Amazing Race? Yeah, did he learn how to swim for the Amazing Race, or did he learn in 2016 and he's just not 
changed in his bio. I don't know. Did he learn how to swim and turn a dad into bagel in the first episode because it's an island country? <laughs> I learned how to swim and now I can surf. That's the good news. The bad news is it was after the season finished filming, but I am going to put that in my bio. Also, a partner is one of many people in this season who has ridiculous hobbies. Her hobbies include writing in cute coffee shops, specifically cute ones, preparing for her Bollywood breakout, bothering her boyfriend for photo shoots, setting flight alerts, hosting board game nights that involve lying, and of course, watching CBS shows. These two, if they get far enough, are probably going to be my favourites of the season, I'll warn you now, because they just have Harmstone Favour written all over them. And I'll be devastated if they're first boots. And I noticed in the Parnas bio, she's the only one who didn't know how to properly space her bio. Like, every five words, it suddenly breaks up. And maybe you get a few words and then another line, and it's not even the end of the sentence. (laughs) And Eswar gets around my perennial least favourite thing, the three words to describe yourself rule, by using a hyphenate. He says, fast learner. Which is a little bit near the limit, but because I like them, I'm going to ignore it. I won't ignore it for certain other teams. And he said he'd most like to visit Russia, as the people are so relaxed and friendly. Which are two words I would not use to describe any Russian person I've ever met. I have been to Russia. They were many things. I don't think they were very relaxed or friendly when I was there. Well, it's like that quote from Season 5 of Amazing Race with Marshall Lance when they're in St. Petersburg, and they're like... Everyone's probably just so miserable here all the time because it's cold. It's cold and wet all the time. Serious is the word I would use for them. They're they're very nice. I didn't have any real problems with them. Just Russian people don't really have the stereotype of being easygoing. You don't know too many Russian stand-up comedians. No. So how do you think they're going to do? I have them in first. Oh, I would love it so much. I'm not going to go so far as to say if they win, I'll keep covering Amazing Race because you and I both know that a good winner does not necessarily make a good season. See season 31, where great winner, just a really rubbish season. They saved it, but it's still a terrible season and it would have been bottom five had they not won. I'm not going to go so far as to say if they win, I'll cover 33, but I would be incredibly excited if they do win. And... And I I put them in first because they're physically fit and definitely have a lot of intellectual power. They're in their early to mid-twenties. They're siblings. And the fact that Eswar went from learning how to swim to surfing in the span of two years is quite impressive. So, And they both passed the geography test, which is what country country would you like to visit? They both listed an actual country. So I'm like, hmm. These are good contenders for winners. It's a very low bar to pass the Saunders geography test, but they did still both manage it. Yes. Now on to a team I'm not as enthusiastic about, which is Riley and Madison. Oh, the the McKiblets? Yeah. Do you think they've ever seen Amazing Race before? Did they say they've seen Amazing Race before? They said they grew up watching it. I highly doubt that. Well, it could just be like really casually watching it, like, oh yeah, we like that show. We've watched it off and on for the past twenty years, and then we binged uh, thirty of the thirty-one seasons in sequester before we went on the show. They gave me the impression that maybe they've seen the odd episode. I don't think they're super fans. They certainly tried to pretend they were, but I don't think they're super fans. I'm smelling a rat here. They both commit a couple of fouls here. 
they both they're both if this were a volleyball match that ball is going so far out of the court because Riley really screws up here three words to describe you thank god you spotted this i think i sent you a message uh, a few days ago when i was looking through these bios and i said 10 seconds into reading the first bio i already want to rip someone's throat out and it was riley with these three words so when you describe yourself you use a thing in, in english called adjectives Adjectives are a great way to describe yourself. What's not a great way to describe yourself is using nouns. And as an ESL teacher, this makes me cringe because, you know, most of my five and six-year-old students would probably do a better job of using adjectives better than Riley's attempt here. Because he says, three words to describe himself, coffee, wine, and happy. So when I teach my students, like he did get one adjective in there. I'll give him that, one out of three. But the adjective he used, once I get higher level with my students, it's like, okay, let's go be, let's not just use happy or sad. Let's use angry, excited, surprised, scared. So Riley went with like the first adjective that whether, or he went with the first adjective that every person on the planet learns, which is happy. I shit you not, my note for this is Riley's three words to describe himself are coffee, wine, and happy. Two of those are not adjectives. And then, of course, Madison doesn't pass the geography test because what country would you like to visit? Queenstown. Unfortunately, Queenstown is not a country. It is a town. You're also skipping over my other favourite bit of Riley's bio, which is that his hobbies include the basic skills of reading and writing. So he's not progressed past elementary school. The basic skills, yes. Hop on, he's reading. Hop on pop. The thing is, I don't think they knew what to write for these bios. The fact that Riley's proudest achievement is an actual achievement, which doesn't happen very often on that question of learning Italian by living in Italy, that is an actual achievement and something to be proud of. He also says he wants to most visit Iceland or Ireland, because he's already been to the other favourite country of Italy, which is an actual answer. But he just let himself down by A, not knowing what an adjective was, and B, listing two of his hobbies as literal basic human skills. Yeah, he reads Hop on Pop, and then maybe he reads the Amazing Race-themed Dr. Seuss book, uh, Pills from Phil. I will not take a a pill from, from Phil. Maybe I will instead go to Bill. They are on the windowsill. And Madison says his favourite thing about flying is the final descent on a plane. He has obviously never flown Ryanair because if he enjoyed the final descent on a Ryanair plane, he would enjoy being harassed to buy two euro scratch cards. And then you get to hear the the message the when, if you land on time. The fanfare. We are currently descending and 90% of all Ryanair flights have made it on time. Thank you for flying with Ryanair. Pay five euros for a bathroom. Another great flight with Ryanair. (laughs) Mark Doyle, I apologise for the Irish accent. And yes, it was meant to be Irish. Um, And the other final thing I have to say about Madison is he most wants to visit that famous country of Queenstown, as he said, but specifically with his girlfriend, which I think is a little bit awkward when he does travel videos on his YouTube channel with Riley. So Riley's not allowed to go to Queenstown? No. He likes to travel with Riley, he just wants to travel to Queenstown with his girlfriend. Maybe he wants to do something thematically. He's going to travel with his girlfriend to Queenstown because she's his queen. So, that, And then him and Riley can go to Jamaica to Kingston because they're both kings. Riley's his king. How do you think they're going to do? 
Uh, well, it's tough to ignore. They're pro athletes. They're, uh, I mean, as long as there's not a rating challenge or, well, an English grammar challenge, I have them in fourth place. I have the McKiblets in fourth. I do worry that they're going to make a run and potentially be the team that annoys me. I'm sure they're lovely people, and I know I'm probably going to get a little bit of grief over that, but I do worry that they're going to stick around a bit too long. Yeah, we're really going to get cancel culture from the pro volleyball community that all listens to our podcast. And talking of pro sport communities that are going to cancel us, next team is Gary and D'Angelo, who are friends and former NFL players from Florida and North Carolina. And my first note on them is I have no fucking clue who these people are. Genuinely, when their bio came out, everyone was like, oh my god, I know exactly who that is. I'm like, I have no bloody clue who you are. I have never heard of them either. It's a recurring thing that I know nothing about American sports, apart from a little bit about hockey. I have no idea about NFL. I have no idea who these two guys are. They are not famous to me. I love how they keep using NFL players for like star power, but it's like not everyone watches NFL in the States. Even even in the States, there's a lot of people who don't really pay any attention to it. You are more likely to know D'Angelo from wrestling, I believe, than NFL. Oh, well, who did he wrestle for? I think he did a couple of WWE matches, actually. Oh, I guess it, I'm, I was thinking, like, but I, I realized my wrestling knowledge cuts off at about 2002. <laughs> Because, you know, I was, once you're older than like 10 years old, wrestling isn't as interesting to watch anymore. Not to, not to mention they stopped, uh, they stopped throwing people off of the top of cages or uh, some of the crazy stunts. Once they had about 30 wrestlers die from drug overdoses and then, you know, fellow Canadian Chris Benoit did his thing. They kind of had to scale back what they did in terms of wrestling. He appeared on um, Impact Wrestling. Oh, he was on TNA. Okay. Yeah, that's not WWE, Michael. Yeah, but then made his debut at Slammiversary 15 on July 2nd, 2017, and then announced his retirement from wrestling on July 5th, 2017. <laughs> he must have gotten injured. And then came back for one episode on July 2nd, 2018. What boggles my mind is that there's like Undertaker and Goldberg that wrestled last year, and it was a really bo- cuz both guys are in their mid 50s now. And with wrestling, whenever you do a move, you make sure that the person's head doesn't hit the canvas when you do each move, even though the illusion is that it does. But they just kept hitting each other's head when they were doing their pile drivers and stuff. And then Undertaker and Goldberg were in the back room just screaming at each other for how much they botched the match. It's like, well, it's because you guys have been wrestling for 30 years. I think it's time to retire. That's Each of you is over... You know, 300, around 300 pounds. <laughs> you can't keep doing stuff like that. And the fact they wrestle now so infrequently, too. Like, they'll do a couple matches a year with those two guys. I want to know whether you're as immature as I am. Did you notice what Gary's non-profit was called? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Gary runs a non-profit, which he only names properly once. He calls it AFWB. For the rest of his bio, he only calls it FWB, I know. Oh. which does not, Gary, if you're listening, that does not mean what you think it means. Please stop describing yourself and D'Angelo as FWB. What's an F- FWB, Michael? It's how you would probably describe Davy Ranverda. He's a Fleming with benefits. <laughs> 
Yes, I have been waiting to do that one. <laughs> and Gary does pass the Saunders geography test because he says he's visited his top three places, Egypt, Iceland, and New Zealand. And if he had to pick somewhere he's not been, he would go to Peru for Machu Picchu. And he hopes to get some competitive juice going after being out of the NFL for so long. Their goal is to make every country. And all I have to say is be glad that you're not an Amazing Race Canada or Australia now. Yeah. <laughs> and D'Angelo describes himself as a stay-at-home dad, or at least that's what I assume from the phrase badass car rider line parents, because he's not the only person this season to use some euphemisms that I have no feckin' clue what they mean. A badass car rider line parent. What's a... a... So car rider, he doesn't drive the car, so he's in the one of the passenger seats. Car rider line, I'm led to believe from a quick Google, is basically the line of cars where parents pick up their children from schools in America. Oh, that makes sense. I thought it was like um, a, a guy who rides in a car and does lines. This is a lot better, Lots, a lot more uh, family friendly. However, he does fail the what is an adjective test, because what are his three words, Mr. Saunders? A natural wiener. He's a natural winner. At least two of those words are not adjectives. However, when it was used three words to describe you... Yeah, but I make this argument every time. The whole point of it is to give us more information about yourself. Therefore, you probably should be using an adjective in the question, use three words to describe yourself. It didn't say to use three traits to describe yourself. It was just three words. No, but it's implied, and I'm going to hold it against him. And, 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 that's a, and that's a spoiler, too. I mean, you can't just say you won... I mean, that's a coded message for saying you won the Amazonaries 32 two years ago. Yeah, but what happens if they lose any leg to any other team? Is he suddenly going to crumble into dust because he's no longer a natural winner? Well, they can just update the bios, I'm sure, and then he can say he's a natural loser. A natural former winner. A natural former <laughs> And to add to D'Angelo's misery, what is his accomplishment? My least favourite answer in the whole entire bios whenever we do them. I didn't write it down. What is his biggest accomplishment? My biggest accomplishment is my family. Oh, yeah, he went with that lame line, yeah. He's not a, he's, he's, he's not a natural winner anymore. No, but it just gets on my nerves. It's cop-out answer, come up with something you've actually achieved. The two QI clacks and answers that come from me are my family or anything to do with my family, and the other one is getting on the amazing race. However, there is an exception to that coming. But they both they both passed the geography test, so it's not the it's not the worst. So they they could have done worse. Although friends with benefits being promoted is, uh, I mean, that's an organization a lot of people want to be a part of. Yeah, he does, however, say that his favorite place in the world is Shanghai, and I'm not sure any Chinese city is anyone's favorite place anymore. That answer aged badly. Yeah, and he ends his bio by saying he looks forward to the sport of amazing race. Not only has he 100% never seen an episode of Amazing Race before he went into Sequester, it's not a fucking sport. It's not a sport, ladies and gentlemen. It is a competitive reality show. Go to Amazing Race Canada if you want to treat it like a sport. Yeah, do some kayak hockey. <laughs> and get sued for millions of dollars. And how do you see them ending? Uh, let's see, where are my predictions at? I have them making it to third. I mean, they have a lot of travel experience, and they are former professional athletes. That doesn't necessarily mean they'll make a deep run, but I get the impression they're in better shape than 
Sean Marion and Cedric Ballas The other one. Yeah. I kind of hope that they get Cedric and Sean or Chester and Ephraim rather than make a deep run because the more teams I don't particularly love getting far, the less of the fun teams. How we're talking of teams that aren't going to get very far, Jerry and Frank are next. Yeah, they're 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 that's toast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they get the thank you for participating medal. <laughs> so they are a father and son from Kentucky. And who is the last father and son to go on Amazing Race Logan? Uh, last father and son. Will that be Dave and Connor? It has been 10 seasons, but they finally cast another new father and son. It was indeed Dave and Connor. Man, I can't believe it's been 10 seasons. I mean, they've they rarely cast parent-child teams now. Or, or older, or just any... T- team dynamic where you have an older racer yeah and they are the only team in the entire season to also give us their middle names yeah that's not a good idea (laughs) and jerry is a former nba player now coach and radio host and i just have one note which is god his bio is short for jerry's bio the longest part was his occupation which was way it's like man his occupation's way too long Host of Eve Sports Radio and Athletic Director, men's basketball coach at Simmons College of Kentucky. Again, I don't know why everyone is plugging their exact place of employment, the company they work for, or the product that they invented. You read through these bios and you just go, get to the fucking point and tell me something about you rather than listing your CV, listing your job history for the last 10 years. I don't care. Last two years. (laughs) Get to the point. Like, if if I was Jerry which I'm not 61, so and I'm not from Kentucky. But if I was writing my bio and I had those occupations, I would say radio host and men's basketball coach. And I don't know if I would, I would even have to put men's in there. I would just say radio host and basketball coach. Or former NBA player, radio host, and coach. Yeah, Dragon Slayer. And his hobbies include golf and cars. His accomplishment is his family, boring. And he's most scared of the middle seat. Actually, the NFL guy also said he was most scared of the middle seat. Maybe there was like a goblin in there once, and that's why he was freaking out. There, It's like, oh, you never know who you'll be sitting next to on a plane. And there's a goblin in the middle seat. Can we ban that sort of a cop-out answer, please? <laughs> However, as somebody who's been in the middle seat on very long flights, I do understand why. Like, I, I have paid to have a seat that's not the middle seat a bit more frequently on longer flights now. I think they both basically said, there's nothing that scares me about travelling, so I'll just say the middle seat, whatever. It's like, just don't answer or lie. I don't really care as long as it's interesting. This isn't an interesting answer. And the worst part about this, about their bios, because this was the first first team I looked at, and... The geography test after this first team was 0 for 2. They both failed the geography test. Like, you've travelled around Spain a lot more than I have recently. Yes. Is Spain famous for its chocolates nowadays? (laughs) No, it's not. No, it is not. Well, I mean, there's places that have... I mean, I would think of, say... Here's a good example. Luxembourg. Luxembourg I went to, and the leader of Luxembourg lives across the street from the place called the Chocolate House, and his portrait is behind the counter. Like, that's when I'm thinking, 
that's a place that's famous for chocolate. Yeah, or Belgium. Belgium is famous for three things. Waffles, beer, and chocolate. Belgium is the sort of place you say, that's famous for chocolate. Neither Trinidad nor Spain, both of which he picked, are famous for chocolate. And I would also say that maybe the Mayan, you know, those countries that were in the former Mayan ruins can also say they're famous for chocolate, since that's where it was supposedly invented. Or you could say, uh, was it Switzerland? Switzerland did Toblerone, I think. Yeah, so you could say Switzerland. Swiss chocolate lint is very famous. Yes, yes. In fact, a few weeks ago, there was an accident at the uh, the lint factory in Switzerland, and um, literal chocolate rain went down on the um, on the town around it. Oh, that YouTube video probably got a lot more hits from like fifteen years ago. There were so many Tayzonde references. <laughs> and then Germany, of course, you know, with the Simpsons. Welcome to the land of chocolate. But Spain, Spain's never been really known for that. I'm sure there's places that sell really good chocolate in Spain. However, it's not its main. Yeah, it's not famous for it. Sorry, sorry, Jerry. So he says he would most likely visit Trinidad, which is hella convenient given that's the first location, and Spain for the beaches. Yep, can see that. Sunsets. Yep, can see that. Wildlife. Not sure Spain's famous for its wildlife, but eh, I guess. And chocolate. And apparently, it is a lifelong dream for him to do Amazing Race. I would. I, I had to deduct points. I had to give Squirm a zero on his geography test, though, because he's when I asked what country would you like to visit, he said Trinidad. Trinidad is not a country. However, Trinidad and Tobago is. Yes, eighty percent of the population does live on Trinidad, but there is about a uh, hundred thousand or like fifty thousand people that live on Tobago. You gotta include them in the country name. The best thing is, I don't think they end up visiting Trinidad in the first leg. I think it's all Tobago. Oh, that's that's great. <laughs> so we wanted to just see the other island. <laughs> yeah. And now his son, Frank, who I think has the most egregious um, answer to the Saunders geography test possible. There's a few who commit this error. At least some of them acknowledge what they were saying, but he doesn't. No, he doesn't. So... He works in luxury car sales. His hobbies include eating different foods and shooting videos. And he's most proud of the actual achievement of winning a basketball scholarship and being able to play professionally. However, now we get to the Logan Saunders Geography Challenge, because what was his answer? What country would you like to visit? Africa. Ah, shit. Not just Africa. Africa, because he's African-American and wants to get in touch with his roots and get a sense of the culture and where he came from. Yeah, that kind of violates the Shoal and Duane principle, where they said we want to. It's a homecoming to go back to Africa. When on that season they went to South Africa, and his dad was from Sierra Leone, which was several thousands of miles away, because Africa is a very diverse and a very very big continent. Yeah, I'm going to give Frank the benefit of the doubt here that he didn't mean it to come across a bit awkward, but. Africa is a lot of countries. 54. There is a lot of culture in different parts of Africa. In fact, Logan and I have been recording a season recently where um, we've been talking a lot about our trip to Africa between us because we've both been to South Africa. It was awesome. Just saying you want to visit the country of Africa is a bit awkward. And, I mean, because I've, I've been to South Africa and Egypt and there are zero similarities between South Africa and Egypt. The only thing they have in common is they are both on the continent of Africa. Very different wildlife, very different people, different religion, very different languages spoken. 
there and the fact you know i don't recall seeing egyptian ruins with pharaohs in south africa and frank says he wants to prove himself to his father and that all his efforts wasn't in vain what's i have a theory about why so many teams answer africa because there is a certain contestant in this cast who specifically brought up us talking about teams answering with africa in their season 28 bios so I, I'm under the impression that that certain contestant told the other 32 contestants, say, telling them, hey, there's this podcast out there that makes fun of anybody who writes down Africa as an answer to your favorite country. So I'm just convinced that so many teams followed along with that and a bunch of them put Africa as their answer. I mean, we'll probably find out quite quickly because if it's the person I'm thinking of, they do already follow me on Twitter. Yeah. And we can DM each other. I don't think they follow you, though. I did track. I did. A friend requested him like two years ago. <laughs> He's never accepted my friend request. Just saying I'm already the most popular one of the podcast. Um, but yeah, if it is a big old prank on us, then amazing. We're actually having some sort of impact, but I'm not sure it is. I honestly think Jerry and Frank are going to be a very early boot. I have them in ninth place. Yeah, I'd be shocked if they make it through more than one non-elimination like whenever that is so our next team is kelly and levon the final um team of the loose grouping i've got here which is boring teams who are also pro athletes and they are olympians and friends from virginia kelly is a public speaker and an on-air personality and her hobbies include pole dancing cooking and reading hopefully not all at the same time with Kelly, uh, that's another case of just way too long of an op- occupation listing. However, she does get points for not advertising anything. She says, I commentate for a major network. I'm a strategic partnership manager for a tech company. Nothing is ever specified, which is great. It is such a low bar on this season to go. They get bonus points for not advertising a single thing. And Kelly says she fears being locked up abroad and then says her favorite country is Singapore. How did you guess my next note? I, <laughs> well, my next note is she's most proud of winning her Olympic medal, obviously. Can't begrudge that, annoyingly. Then my next one is she says she's most scared of being locked up abroad, but then also says she wants to go to that lovely liberal paradise of Singapore, which is lovely, but quite strict. Very strict. It's a, it's a great country. It is. I love Singapore. We have friends there, but I wouldn't mess around in Singapore. Michael and I have both enjoyed our time in Singapore, but I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's lib- a, a quote-unquote liberal and free country. It's one of the few countries that I've been to more than once recently, because it's a very nice, very pleasant, very clean place. You just don't jaywalk, don't chew gum, and don't bring a jury in onto the subway. Yeah. And of course, we have to plug the fact that I don't know if a lot of the contestants know this or this certain contestant who follows you on Twitter may or may not know this, but I, in fact, uh, hung out with the host of the Amazing Race Asia and Amazing Race China, Alan Wu, and I did spend the day with JK of JK and Mike and also a part of the day with Mike of JK and Mike. You did. And Kelly says she wants to do Amazing Race to scratch her wanderlust itch and compete. Amazing Race isn't a sport. And Levon, she actually gets bonus points for the geography test. 
because the country she wants to visit the most is the Kingdom of Bhutan. Not only did she pick a very underrated and not so well-known country, but she actually knew the full name of the country. Isn't Bhutan the one where it costs an absolute bomb to go to? Yeah, so for those of you who don't know, if you want to go to Bhutan, this is why they've never been there on the Amazing Race and probably never will, is that you have to pay $250 US, US dollars per day that you visit. This is to offset whatever carbon footprint you may have by entering the country. It also is a big, it really discourages the country from being overloaded with tourists. They By doing that, they, they don't want any crazy backpackers. They want people who genuinely really want to explore the country. She does, however, lose points for doing an entire paragraph of jobs. Real estate, impact, invest. Well, actually, I think her bio, her occupation list is shorter than Kelly's. Oh, wait, no, there's a second line to it. That's why I thought it was shorter. No, it's, you're right, Michael. It's very long. Lavon has one of the longest job descriptions of anyone in this cast. My exact quote is, Lavon is a fund manager and mortgage broker. Not that you'd be able to get that from her paragraph of explanation. And she runs a vertically integrated real estate consortium company, First Class Group. Good luck interpreting what all of that means if you're not in a vertically integrated real estate consortium company, First Class Group. Yeah. Did you notice her hobbies as well? No, I did not. There's only one that I've picked out, which is kickbacks with friends. Whatever the fuck that means. Kickbacks. So that means, does that mean she um, bribes them and then expects something in return, like a kickback? No idea. I have no idea what kickbacks mean. I genuinely couldn't find anything on Google about it. There's a few hobbies I had to Google in this cast. This was one of them, and I genuinely could not find it. Let's just say that's what it is, because that's, that's the only time I really heard about kickbacks is, you know, you... You invest into something, and then you get something in return. Yeah. How do you uh, think they're going to do? Uh, I kept swapping, because they were the very last bio I was I looked at. So when I was ranking them, I was swapping between, I had 7th and 11th open. Hmm. So I was going back and forth, and I decided to throw them in the 7th slot. Uh, yeah, I think they're going to be early to mid-tier boot. They'll be quick. Yeah, I think first half of the season, probably. Because they don't seem as well-traveled as some of the other teams. Uh, well, I mean, they're both Olympians. You go to a lot of countries for track meets. They are, but they never really toured. And professional athletes do tend to have people to sort those things for them. Not that I'm saying Kelly and Levon do. But the problem is, knowing how intensive the country switches are in this season, there's 10 different countries in 12 legs there's going to be a lot of travel involved. And arguably, they're probably not going to be booking too many of their own flights because this is modern, amazing race. But I think for a team who aren't that used to traveling, it's going to be a potential struggle. And I would say, even though Gary and D'Angelo are professional athletes too, they've worked with, they do, uh, well, friends with benefits charity across different countries. So at least it's like, well, they're not just traveled in terms of like, in terms of professional sports, but also on their own outside of being catered to. Yeah. So, now we get to the second of three teams who I absolutely adore in this cast, and it's Alana and Leo. First things first, they are a dating couple from Massachusetts. I need to set this up, because I think I know what you're about to say. <laughs> I have a whole thing, I have a, I'm probably going to make it into an Instagram video. <laughs> so, the thing is, given that this season filmed at the end of 2018, there's a few relationship changes. 
Thankfully, Alana and Leo, because they do seem very nice. Thankfully, Alana and Leo are not exes now. However, they are now married as of a couple of weeks ago. And Leo's entire bio is essentially trying to trying to make Alana think that he's a keeper. And spoilers, they got engaged very soon after the season finished filming. In fact, their proposal picture is on Leo's Instagram still. It was about maybe a week after the season finished filming. And they got married sort of mid-September 2020. And the wedding was, of course, attended by a couple of other people in this cast who we've not talked about yet. Yeah, and uh, I think you forgot to mention the rest of the stuff. So yes, they started out as dating, then they got engaged and got married, and they have a kid who's just starting preschool the next week. Um, Leo's actually starting to get like gray hairs, and uh, Alana is already experiencing menopause. So, I mean, Amazing Race 32 was filmed a really long time ago. Also something I did notice on Leo's Instagram, because I, I did look at pretty much everyone's Instagrams that I could, uh, he does have a picture with James and Will shortly after the race finished in December. And this is just making me think there's going to be some sort of holy alliance between teams I like, which is nice. And Alana works in communications for the Broad Institute, and she is most proud of defending her poetry thesis, aka a freaking poetry book, because it came at a really difficult time in her life. Now that is an actual accomplishment to other people. Did she use a sword to defend it? Yeah. Yeah, essentially... The engineering people at the same time were tasked with building a trebuchet and she had to kind of defend herself against it. They had like battering rams. Let us into the room. No, this is my thesis. Get away. I worked hard on this. And she's most scared of being harassed because she's viewed as not being able to defend herself. Something tells me Alana's going to be a little bit fiery. However, there is one strike against them, Michael. Is it the, um, the geography test? Alana does fail the geography test. What country would you like to visit? Helsinki. Helsinki is not a country. Helsinki is the capital city of Finland. However, she gets bonus points from me for saying Helsinki, saying she spent eight hours alone there when she was 20 and wants Phil to take her back. And all I have to say on that on that subject is that I'm not sure Phil would want to go back to that area of the world after what happened last time he was near Helsinki. Yes, Phil was arrested in the Ukraine during that same season. He was. It wasn't long after the Finland leg as well, I believe. Yeah, the Ukrainians at immigration just looked at his passport and thought, oh, you're in Finland? Yeah, you're, you're going to prison, man. And she says she wants to get a better understanding of Leo in high-stress situations. She can doubt herself, but wants to see how much she can really rely on him. Spoilers, they got engaged very soon after the race and married a few weeks ago. And Leo is a data analyst. His hobbies include playing the violin, growing vegetables, and of course, eating peanut butter. It's kind of funny because he says, oh, he crunches. I'm like, oh, I'm a guy who crunches numbers. And I also eat crunchy peanut butter. I'm like, man, this guy just loves anything that's crunchy, whether it's ingested or or has a mathematical interpretation. Can we just call him Cap'n Crunch now and just get it over with? Leo's Cap'n Crunch. He's the Cap'n who's making it happen on the Amazing Race. And he's also diabetic. <laughs> he wasn't diabetic two years ago when the season filmed, by the way. No, he, he's just managed to get himself pumped massively with insulin, and now he's proper diabetic. Yeah, he's 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 either Captain Crunch or Captain Noble then. And he's scared of a lot of things, losing a passport, abduction, missing a flight, and of course, riding a train in the wrong direction. Some of those more serious than others. And he says he'd love to visit Australia to meet a platypus. 
You know what would be the worst for him? He gets abducted by like train robbers, like old old school Wild West style. And then they're like, oh, our hideout's the other way. God damn it. And Leo's like, no, the two things I fear the most. <laughs> I can handle one of them of just being abducted, but we're not even going to the right hideout wall where I'll be held hostage. How do you think Alana and Leo are going to do? I think they're going to do well. It was tough to place them, but I put them in sixth place. They'll be sixth or higher. Sixth or higher. I have high hopes for them because we already know that they're kind of forming an alliance and they definitely got on with some people in this season. But also, I I just genuinely have quite good vibes from them. I feel like they're going to give us good TV and I hope they do. We want good TV. Having said that, they probably don't win any legs because Leo proposed after the race. (laughs) That's a good point. So the seventh team is, of course, Logan's favourites, Nathan and Bacon. Sorry, sorry, not Bacon, I mean Cody. Oh, the other Cody. No, the other Bacon. And they are uh, friends from Tennessee and Kentucky. Both of them list their hobbies as including noodling, which if they didn't explain what it was, would make me suspect that it's one of the specialist categories on the websites that Logan frequents. Jesus Christ. (laughs) It sounds like something smutty you would look up. I can't help that. And Nathan is the only person in the entire cast who does not elaborate on a single answer. It is the SAS tactic. Get in, get out, no messing around. And it's odd given that they've had two years to actually perfect their answers. The most interesting thing about Cody is he's from a town called Paintlick. He is. Paintlick, Kentucky, which I believe is also three hobbies that you listed on your Amazing Race Canada bio. What are three words to <laughs> to describe yourself? A uh, paint licker. No, it's, th- it's three things that you enjoy doing. It's painting, licking, and Kentucky Fried Chicken, obviously. Oh, imagine if they put it in both, like, three words to describe yourself. A paint licker. And... What are your hobbies? <laughs> no, it, it just perfectly rhymes. It's painting, licking, and Kentucky Fried Chicken. Obviously. What country would you like to visit? Paint, lick, Kentucky. <laughs> to be fair, if this was Amazing Race Canada, I would fully expect Paint, lick, Kentucky to have an entire lag. And Cody's biggest fear is losing sight of Nathan. In which case, my advice is get some damn glasses. <laughs> Is that generally, or is that just on The Amazing Race? Because they're two completely different things. If it's generally, then maybe there needs to be a restraining order here. (laughs) And Nathan also says that his biggest achievement is becoming a father. Boring. And he would most like to visit southern Vietnam because it is supposed to be beautiful. (laughs) And at least he listed a country, and he listed a... He did list a country in his answer. He did, yes. He passed the Saunders uh, geography test. However, Cody does not. What country would you like to visit? Bali. I have been to Bali twice, and Bali is an autonomous region within Indonesia. However, it is not a country. Wonderful Indonesia. One wonderful Indonesia. Pardon me. Sorry, Alan Wu. Sorry, Alan Wu. It is wonderful, wonderful Indonesia. But yes, Bali is an island, it is not a country, although if you contrast Bali with the rest of Indonesia, I can see why you would think it's a country. Do you think either of them have ever seen The Amazing Race before? Well, Cody's currently the only one in the cast who follows me on Instagram, so I know at least he doesn't read any of my blogs or podcasts considering he decided to do that. I don't think Nathan's seen it. I'll be honest, I think Nathan probably saw his first season in Sequester. 
I think Cody's seen it, though. Cody does also list his hobbies as spreading positivity and aquarist. Do you know what an aquarist is? Is it somebody who plays Kid Icarus for the NES? It is not. It is someone who keeps fish, I believe. I don't know why he said aquarist instead of the normal thing to do, which would be, I keep fish as a pet. I'm a fish keeper. I learned a new word today. You did. It's our word of the day. Yay, aquarist. Wow. So do you think they're going to last long? Let's see where I put them. Oh, no, I don't. I don't think they'll last long. I think they'll be eight. I don't think they'll last long either, because this sort of an archetype of a team doesn't tend to do too well unless they're miserable. And I don't get the impression that Nathan and Cody are miserable. And I, any team that puts a really short bio tends to not do as well on the Amazing Race, because they're like, oh, it's just that show that I was on for not that long wants me to write up a bio. I guess I'll just tell them this and eh, get the hell out. I agree. So, the eighth team is Hung and Chi. And they are a married couple from Houston. He works in financial planning and analysis, and she's a professional development coach. There's a lot of teams in like their in their thirties this season. Like, there's a it's a it's one of the older casts in quite a while. Yeah, it seems like it's more of a professional cast a re- or a quote unquote regular people cast, as close as they ever get to regular people on the Amazing Race. Yeah, because Phil said after they filmed Amazing Race 32 that this is going to be a back-to-basic season, whatever that means, and then, you know, they cast four teams of professional athletes. But there do seem to be a lot more normal people in this cast. There's a couple of exceptions, one team of which we haven't discussed yet, but there's quite a few teams in this category, because I've kind of separated my bio list into three categories. There is the boring professional athlete teams, the boring regular people teams, and the amazing teams. There's four teams in the boring regular team category, which is rare. Yeah, and we have it's not, and the diversity of where the teams are cast from is a bit is a bit of a wider net than usual. There's only, I think, only one team that's from LA, and then only a couple teams altogether from California. Like that's extremely rare for an American CBS show. Yeah, and also consciously or unconsciously, it's fifty percent non-white as well. Eleven people in this cast are um, are not white, and that's very rare for Amazing Race. It tends to lean very heavily towards uh, a very white cast. Yeah, something I do have to give Chi mad props for is he has by far the best achievement of the entire bios. Please tell me you wrote it down. Devoured five pounds of pizza in sixty minutes. Not eating five pounds of pizza in in sixty minutes. Devouring. Five pounds of pizza in 60 minutes. My hero. You're an animal, Liz. And the funny thing is, the funniest thing is right after he says devoured five pounds of pizza, the fear question comes up and he says, I fear food poisoning. Not surprised if you're having five pounds of pizza in a sitting. Can you imagine if you got food poisoning after eating five pounds of something? You'd be dead. That'd be like a Joey Chestnut situation. If he ate like 60 hot dogs, like, oh, sorry, Joey, some of these weren't cooked. You're going to have to go to the hospital. It's going to come out both ends. And he does lose points on the Saunders geography test by saying he wants to visit the famous country of Africa, although he does clarify that he knows it's a continent. Yeah, that's what makes me think that James, James may or may not have gotten into Chi's ear and said, hey, if you say Africa is your answer, 
you better sure as hell acknowledge it's a continent. Yeah. And Hung says she's most proud of raising her daughters, boring, and most scared of dying without seeing her family again, which is a little bit morbid. And she was asked, "What's what excites you most? And people, you know, they say roller coasters. Um, you certainly do. Yeah, roller coasters or just high adrenaline activities, going to a new country, um, trying something new. What really gets Hung all excited and revved up is being humbled by people's clever and resourceful ideas. Whoo-wee! Is it fair to say that they are the most normal team cast for a long while on The Amazing Race? Yeah, just parents close to 40 both have very normal jobs, not like the millennial type where they have 20 different occupations. It's They have one job, they have kids, they, they have feats that aren't, too, that are like, Something that, like, each person usually has, like, one crazy accomplishment that they have. Like, there's somebody who would have the have done the equivalent to, like, devouring five pounds of pizza. Like, say, they hopped on one foot across a state or, you know, something similar to that. <laughs> but yeah, Chi and Hung, I would say, are very, very normal people. Yeah. I don't think they're long for the race, I'll be honest. I think they're going to be a reasonably early boot. But they do seem like regular, normal, nice people. See, I disagree. I think they're going to be second place. Really? Yeah, I truly do. And I wasn't just going to set it up for the following, which is because Michael and I are split as to how well Chi and Hung are going to do on the race. I think it's safe to say we're a Hung jury. Oh, God. I, I walked right into that bear trap of a, um, of a joke for you, didn't I? I wasn't even intending that I did have them as second place, genuinely, but I'm like, I gotta find a way for us to disagree about Chi and Hung so I can make that joke. Yeah, I, I think they're going to be reasonably early boots. I know, just for the record, unlike last season, I know absolutely nothing about how anyone does this season. There has been one picture, I believe, of the finale leg that got circulated around, and I can't remember which team was in it, so that's great. You mean Sonic like 31, where they did articles? Well, there's quite a lot of articles about where the um, where the finale is going to be, which is why I didn't mention it. Oh yeah, that that's right. There's there was articles about the finish line, but they didn't specify. At least they didn't just specify who this time. At least it wasn't like thirty one where they're like, oh, we saw these, we saw Leo and Jamal, uh, Colin Christie, and one other team, Corey and his buddy. <laughs> And we saw them leave in this order with Leo and Jamal definitely in third place. <laughs> yeah, there's one picture of a team completing a task, I believe. And that's it. And I can remember whether they were all male, male, female, or all female, but I can't remember who it was, thankfully. Because it's been two years? Yeah, because it's been two years since I got sent that picture. And interestingly, Hung says she most wants to go to wonderful Indonesia as she was born in a refugee camp in Galang and hasn't been back. I assume she would have been a refugee from the Vietnam War. Oh, no, wait, no. No, it's China. No. It's a Chinese refugee camping on Galang, I think, because I did look this up. Yeah, because I was thinking, wait a second, she'd have to be at least 50 if she was a Vietnamese. That's kind of surprising because her name is Hung Nguyen, which is a very Vietnamese name. wonder if it would have been a family who would have left during the Vietnam War to China, and then stuff goes on in China, and then they have to go relocate elsewhere, and then from there relocate to America. Galong um, accommodated Indo-Chinese refugees. So it's um, Chinese refugees. There'll be some interesting stories there. Yeah, I mean, super interesting 
backstory. Hopefully it comes up and is actually relevant to the season because I'd be genuinely intrigued to find out more about that. Yeah, sorry, sorry, she is impressive as eating, devouring five pounds of pizza is. I think we have more questions about the life of a refugee in Indonesia. And they also say they want Amazing Race to be their honeymoon because they didn't get one. Why not? Why didn't they have a honeymoon? Was she like super pregnant with one of their kids or something? She got pregnant before their marriage? Their wedding? Oh, shit. So, the ninth team we're going to talk about is another one that is friends of Alana and Leo. It's Kaylin and Haley. They are sisters and realtors from South Carolina. Oh, I picked apart one thing in their bio. I got That was near the beginning. Let's see. I'll set it up first. Kaylin's biggest achievement is setting up her own real estate team in the holy city of Charleston. Actual achievement. And getting on the amazing race. Not an actual achievement. The, I wrote down, that's the only thing I wrote down from her bio, was the holy city of Charleston. I've never heard it called that. <laughs> Maybe it's like the Jerusalem of South Carolina. Instead of the Wailing Wall, it's the Shrimping Wall. <laughs> and she also says that losing her passport is her biggest fear, and I thought, surely that's more of a Kailani issue than a Kalian one. Boom, Amazing Race reference. Yep. We've referenced Amazing Race 19 a couple times already. <laughs> Do you think that um, they did pageants? Because Kaylin's bio reads like pageant answers to me, and I couldn't find anything for certain about whether they did any pageants, either of them. Well, apparently one of them is the lead singer of Paramore. I didn't realise she had such blonde hair now. But man, if you want to find anything about Hayley Williams, the Amazing Race contestant, good luck, because you're going to get a whole bunch of Paramore content on YouTube and on Google. And um, Haley says her hobbies include Hilo, which does sound like a teen book series, whipping vegetarians, sorry, whipping up vegetarian meals, and spending time with her girlfriends. Logan, if you do end up meeting her, please be careful around her. She does whip vegetarians. That, that's very kinky. Maybe she can get a job with, uh, with Gary's non-profit. We're expanding friends with benefits. We now have a division where we whip vegetarians. We whip them into shape. Yeah. High, high, low, high, low. Stop it. We're gonna get such abuse for this preview. Um I was trying We're to gonna get whipped. I was trying to be on my best behaviour and you know I've written some filthy jokes. And Haley says her biggest accomplishment is of course getting on the amazing race. Can you hear the eye rolls? And the fact she put obviously in all caps. That's a very Aaron Robinson way to write a bio. I was going to say, I got in trouble last time I pointed out anything like that in a bio, so I'm steering well clear of that answer. I think the 32 cast is a bit more easygoing. Yeah, I know that these people aren't going to try and firebomb my house, or, you know, pretend they wanted to get actually waterboarding instead of listen to our podcast again, but still, I'm staying well clear of any answer that has like, or literally, or ofs, or anything in there. Oh wait, no I'm not, because we've still got Michelle and Vic to come. And Haley says she's most scared of losing her money because it happened to her when she was in Ireland and it was no fun. Yeah, an Irish ATM took her card. Is she sure that that wasn't a bar? The thing is, all Irish ATMs actually say stuff like, are you sure you want to take money out? And she also thinks Africa is a country because of the culture and animals, and also Costa Rica for monkeys, beaches, and of course, yoga. Oh man, you know what we should do? All these teams that have ever answered Africa as the country they most want to visit because of wildlife and they want to do safaris. Like, okay, you want to see African wildlife? Okay, let's go to the middle of Mauritania. Have fun. 
the problem is, since the last preview that we did, and loads of people saying, I want to visit the country of Africa, I've seen Book of Mormon, which has a song called I Am Africa, which basically takes the piss out of all these sort of answers. And I really can't help but kind of hum it whenever I read that people think Africa is a country, because it's so wonderfully tone-deaf as a song of people just thinking the entirety of Africa is the same. Is Nick of Nick and Star from Amazing Race 13 performing that song? He probably did on Broadway. He did not do the UK tour when I saw it last June, and it was amazing. I am an unashamed musical theatre fan, and Book of Mormon was amazing. And very, very, very filthy. Unsurprising from the people who did South Park, but it was a filthy, filthy show. So how do you think Kaylin and Haley are going to do? Oh boy. Um, despite the travel experience from being in Paramore, I put them in 10th place. They could they could really use a wish right now. A wish right now. A wish right now to get above 10. I think they may make a deeper run than you'd expect. Not sort of in an Ali and Ashley way, but I feel like they may surprise us. They'll get to like 9th? I'm not counting them out sort of still being there halfway through the season. On paper, you'd think, yeah, these people are going to go really early. But you have stuff like they're quite physically fit. They've obviously done a bit of traveling. Arguably, they've not got many achievements because they both say getting on tar. I just have a kind of pit in my gut thinking that they're maybe going to do all right. And our penultimate team is the aforementioned Michelle and Vic, who are sisters from Louisiana. And I would say probably the team who mention who they work for the most. Hashtag BMW. Who do you think you are? Sam from the Mole Belgi? It is. As I'm sure people are very aware, one of my absolute bugbears is people in bios using tech speak, hashtags, like, omg, anything like that. Michelle's bio uses a lot of those things. She works in luxury car sales and uses hashtag after that, so it's irrelevant. And she also seems to be solely here to promote BMW, which I'm sure makes Volv really regret dropping their sponsorship after Kurtenberg and buggered it up for everyone. And they're from the and her and Victoria are from the Survivor casting ground of Lafayette, Louisiana, where for some reason they love casting people from Lafayette. If they need somebody from the South, they just go to Lafayette. Do you think they know um, Big Nipples Shannon? I well, who, who it's what? It's Boo, Shannon, Russell, and James. And I'm sure there's been more since then, because that was like 15 seasons ago. So they, they could. Boo made it to the top 100 Survivor players of all time. Somehow. On a list made by, partially made by Russell Hans. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> and Michelle is also, I believe, the first person ever to list calligraphy as a hobby. Not on Amazing Race, I mean, ever. And her other hobbies include taking pictures of food, playing the piano, and wine, like that's an actual activity. And her dinner date night with the girls. And she is, of course, most proud of being named hashtag BMW Employee of the Year, hashtag winning, hashtag YOLO, hashtag FBPE. Um, and she says her camera eats first most of the time. I think we have found the sequel to Little Shop of Horrors. Feed me Seymour. I just I just picture a camera just uh, like having uh, uh using its lens as a mouth <laughs> and just getting a for the camera gets progressively bigger and bigger. Are you actually comparing Michelle to Audrey too? <laughs> well tough titties, kid. I'd love Little Shop of Horrors so much. It was one of my school musicals and it was it was amazing. One of my friends was um was in it. It was so so good. <laughs> 
<laughs> I've seen Little Shop Horrors a lot of times, and I, I genuinely adore it. Maybe she knows Rick Moranis. I don't know. Just a little editor's note here, as Michael the editor. We recorded this the day before the Rick Moranis getting mugged in New York City thing. Obviously, as a result of that, we had no idea of what he was actually up to. Now back to the podcast. Maybe maybe she's the one who'll finally get him out of retirement. Yeah. He retired to look after his family, I believe. That was a long time ago. Like His kids would be all grown up now, I think. Rick Moranis is amazing in Little Shop of Horrors. As is pretty much everyone who's cast. I mean, Steve Martin as the dentist is brilliant. But that was like a. It was a. I mean, he. Re- how long did he retire? Like twenty years. I want to say at least twenty years ago. Yeah, it's a, it's at least twenty years because Little Shop Horrors was eighty four. Well, his most recent movie I can think of would be like the Honey I Shrunk the Kids series, and that would have been like late nineties. Yeah, that was sort of ninety ninety six ninety seven. I think. How many kids did he have? The thing is, he had one. And then he had a plant that he had to raise and named after the first one. And at the same time, when after when he had his second kid, so he's dealing with this whole plant thing, and then the second kid suddenly gets really, really small, so his hands are full. He's got two big problems on his hands. I genuinely love how we're talking more about Little Shop of Horrors than Michelle and Vic in this bio section. Um... <laughs> But yeah, if you've never seen Little Shop Horrors, watch it. It's an amazing film. If you don't like musicals, you're wrong. It's brilliant. Um, And Michelle says she most wants to visit the beautiful parts of the world that is Halong Bay, and their family escaped the communist regime, so she wants to see modern-day Vietnam, which I can thoroughly recommend. Do you think they changed their last name to Newland when they immigrated from Vietnam? I would assume so, unless maybe it's their mum that escaped from, from Vietnam, and she married married someone from america i don't know because new land is is like hmm that sounds like a because you know just with my mom doing genealogy and stuff it's like that's sort of like the last type of last name an immigrant would have you go to a new country call yourself new land yeah i don't know the problem is we're doing these things and speculating wildly and then we're probably just gonna get tweets in a couple of weeks when this release is going no no it's it's just a case of newland was our name in vietnam And Vic is a physician auditor. In other words, she audits doctors. And she also tries to get around the three-word limit by hyphenating two of them, kind-hearted and go-getter, which arguably are technically correct, just you can't use it as one word, I'm afraid. And her hobbies include sleeping and podcasts, although she does not say whether it's creating or listening, because if it's listening, hi Vic, I'm sure you'll be listening now. I just realised something. We have three all-female teams, and usually the Mason Race does... Not the greatest job in casting all-female teams. Like, they really cast the stereotypes. And that typically means you get some really young all-female teams on Amazing Race over the years. Here we have three all-female teams this season, and all of them are in are, are in their 30s. No one is in their 20s out of all the all-female teams, which is a huge, huge step for casting. Like, this is the sort of casting that may potentially actually make me still watch Amazing Race 33. And Vic also says she's most proud of not letting her mum, <coughs> Tiger Mum, down. Her mom's Carol Baskin? That bitch Carol Baskin who got eliminated from Dancing with the Stars this week. I I... <laughs> Genuinely, have you seen her latest performance on Dancing with the Stars? I watched it this morning. It's amazing for all the wrong reasons. Well, she danced to Eye of the Tiger, I heard, but that was week one, I'm guessing. She danced to 
Circle of Life from The Lion King last night. And it is just as terrible as you would expect. I don't even watch Strictly, the British version. I don't watch um, Dancing with the Stars. I've literally just seen Carol Baskin's performance from last night because it's amazing. It's right. It ranks up there with like Sarah Palin singing Baby Got Back on The Masked Singer. Oh, it's it's genuinely awful. I believe one of the comments was, I didn't realise you could actually do that dance without any sort of movement. What was her score? Uh, 12, I think, out of 30. Oh, Masterpiece scored lower than that on season two. There are still some low ones. I think I think the lowest one in the UK is 8 out of 40. Now that's impressive. That was genuinely an impressive one. And Vic also says she's had many close calls with being abducted. Perhaps she needs to stay away from Area 51. Yeah. Uh, I keep storming the base. I keep, uh, I kept trying. I mean, we all storm it at the same time. Show me where the aliens are. <laughs> you know, when she says her favorite hobbies are cats and podcasts, I always wonder, does she listen to cat podcasts? Do you not realize that we're doing a spin-off podcast this season, which is just Amazing Race podcast, but entirely in meows? You know what they should do? What, what You know what would be? This is a recommendation. If, Victoria, if you're listening to this, I have a podcast to recommend for you. Enzo from Big Brother, after the season, is going to have a podcast called The Meow Meow Show with Enzo Palombo. And it's going to be all about cats and his family. And she also says she most wants to go to Switzerland or Canada because they, and I quote, convey breathtaking views. What the fuck does that even mean? Convey, well, just mountainous, beautiful pictures. Just say, they look very pretty. Yeah, but I, I, liked, I liked the way this was phrased more, though. There's, it was more well thought out. At least there wasn't a hashtag BMW in Victoria's answer. Hashtag spawn. So how do you think that they're going to do? First out. You think Jerry and Frank are going to beat them? Yeah. Oof. That is a low bar for Michelle and Vic. I feel like their bio maybe does read like a um, like an early boot bio, purely because they're getting all of their brand deals in now. We have to go with the odds. For some reason, all female teams just do not do well a lot of the time on The Amazing Race. Look at 31. That is true. So, now the team I've been waiting two years to discuss, because it's the main event, and that is Will and James. And they are a dating team, although not anymore, from Texas and Michigan, although living in L.A., And it's worth prefacing everything, unlike in their bio, by mentioning that they are both reality TV alumni, Will was second on America's Next Top Model 21, and James, with his sister Rebecca, was eighth on the CW Abomination Capture. How many teams were on Capture? Thirteen. Okay, I'm like, eighth? That doesn't sound too high. I cannot criticise James and Rebecca that much, though, because not only did they give us brilliant moments in their six episodes, they also managed to be the last boot before Capture went bullshit. Because Capture is, I would say, the worst one-season wonder I've ever had to sit through, purely because after James and Rebecca go, there was a basically a coup d'etat twist, which put one team who were the hunt team out of the game at that point, and it was utter horseshit. And I'm sure that there were probably behind-the-scenes stories saying that team were were awful people or something, but it was utter horseshit the way it went down. End of rant. However, now is the point where I'm going to mention something, because we've been sitting on this for two years. 
we also have a little bit of history with James Wallington. And usually when I say that sort of sentence, people start bracing themselves going, oh shit, what has he done? Has he tried to run you off the internet like certain other Amazing Race teams? The answer's no. James is actually the first person we're ever going to talk about on a preview who, probably without realising it, has been very nice to us. And this is more your story than mine, I think, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you take over here. <laughs> so this was already over four years ago now? Yeah, it was 2016. Yeah, because there's been one season per year. So season 28, we did a preview where certain members of the cast did not like our preview. And James Wallington was working for AfterBuzz TV at the time. AfterBuzz used to go to the Amazing Race finales and do a lot of media coverage about the Amazing Race. And James had the gig of hosting it at the time with Marie from season 23. So James listened to our 28 preview I'm sure he's listened to other podcasts from us discreetly over the past few years. I'm about 99% sure he has. Um, Just because of how many, just how closely he followed that 28 preview. And he actually mentioned our podcast specifically on AfterBuzz TV and the controversy with the contestants responding to us. And he's like, yeah, the contestants are really blasting these two guys. And specifically about how their geography about the geography answers of saying that Africa is as a country. And the funniest thing with James's bio here, when he says, what country would you like to visit? I'm like 90% sure this is a shout out to us. He says, I have always dreamed of visiting the continent of Africa. He specifies Africa as a continent because he knows we are still around. We will be doing this cast preview. And if he doesn't specify Africa as a continent, we'd be all over him. So I like that he actually says, I have always dreamed of visiting the continent of Africa. The best thing about the whole Afterbuzz thing, though, and I'm 99% sure James doesn't remember this now, which is brilliant because he has already followed me on Twitter because we've been having a, a couple of little chats. I don't think he remembers us specifically, which makes it even better. And actually marks him out as being a very nice person. But my favourite thing is the fact that Marie tried to argue with him over this, like, oh, I've listened to that podcast as well, and they're always really mean. And it's like, we're not actually that mean. Every word we say, with maybe a few exceptions, comes from people's bios. I don't think we are that mean. We certainly haven't been as mean as, as normal on this preview. But we've not really had any mean previews since 28. 28, we went in because a lot of these people were very obnoxious in their bios. And James, to his credit, did come to our defence. And kind of by default, that does make James our favourite. And I'm not going to lie, if you ever are on a future Amazing Race season and somehow we're covering it, if you butter us up in the press four years beforehand, we're probably going to be quite nice about you. Even without that, though, I think James and Will are a very fun team. They have very detailed bios, which makes our lives very easy. They're both experienced reality TV people. Will got all the way to the end of America's Next Top Model. And James is one of those prolific people who you always hear talked about when it comes to a reality TV show. He made a big impression on Capture, even though they only lasted through like halfway through the season. And he's also a prolific reality TV commentator, which is going to make this really interesting for James, because thanks to the NDAs, they can't really chat back that much. Not nearly as much as if people were giving giving his friends grief on other seasons. And the fact that you hear that just how long, I mean, as somebody who has also applied to be on reality TV for a long time, 
because well, James and I are like within a couple years of each other, age wise. Apparently, he's done at least nine auditions or so. He's been applying since before Family Edition. Or no, no, he couldn't be before Family Edition. There's no way he'd make age limits. So since Family Edition, he's been applying. Yeah, as much as I love giving people grief for saying getting on Amazing Race is, is my biggest achievement, I genuinely believe it for James, because James has applied nine times, including Family Edition. And usually it's one application per two-season cycle, until the past few years, of course. Yeah, he's genuinely the biggest super fan to get on Amazing Race since Justin, I would say. Yeah, and that's already that's already five years ago. Yeah. So as much as I really want to begrudge James for saying, oh, my, my biggest achievement is getting on Amazing Race, I genuinely believe it because he's been trying for a long time. And he's been podcasting about it. <laughs> yeah. Did you watch their um their We Got on the Amazing Race video? No, I didn't. It is super sweet. It kind of gave me goosebumps because ba- basically it's a video in two parts. It's them two years ago yesterday, actually, when they found out that they were going to be on The Amazing Race. They had a conference call at their individual workplaces and found out. And then Will picked James up from work that day, but he set his phone up on the um, on the dashboard to record James's reaction when they got into the car. And I genuinely don't get goosebumps at this sort of stuff very often. I got goosebumps when um, when James started kind of erupting into tears just because they'd finally made it on the race. It was super sweet. And I hate super fans normally. Yeah. And the, what was the second part? Uh, well, the second part is, was recorded yesterday to basically say, don't forget, we're actually on The Amazing Race. It's been two years since we found out, and uh, it's finally going to air in a couple of weeks. So they're still good friends, I'm guessing? They are. James and Will were dating, although now they are engaged. Spoilers. Oh. I, I wasn't sure whether you knew that. Yeah, they're um, they're engaged now. They do do a reality TV podcast. Sadly, they did Tough, tough as Nails, so that loses points to them. But... They also seem to be very good friends with a lot of the teams on this season. Well, I mean, they already have so many connections to the alumni in general, too. I mean, the fact that they were just interviewing, or James was interviewing past contestants on AfterBuzz, and AfterBuzz was, I don't think they were there for the 28th finale, but they definitely were there for the 29th finale. (laughs) Yeah, just a quick glance at social media reveals that James is definitely still friends with Kaylin and Haley and Alana and Leo. They are all over each other's photos. <laughs> it's also going to be an interesting dynamic to only be able to talk amongst yourselves for two years and not allow anybody else really into that. Yeah, imagine their WhatsApp group. It must be so insane, especially as this season had been scheduled three times. For James and Will, like on one hand, it would be great if they could make it to the end and win and live out the dream. On the other hand... It would be very, very hilarious in a very cruel way if they were first out. What I would actually quite like is a shot of them in the back of a taxi in Trinidad and Tobago doing a Justin-style crying thing, going, we're going to get eliminated, and then they don't. Because James has already admitted in his video that he's a bit of a crier. Yeah, he's going to be pretty high-strung. He's got, he's, I mean, he knows as well as we do that Amazing Race, probably not going to be around too much longer. Um... We don't even know if we'll have a 33 at this point. CBS certainly sure as hell isn't promoting Amazing Race anymore. So he knows there's one, you got one shot at this. So you got to make it count. And they just had an all-star season, kind of. To quote our third musical this episode, they're not throwing away their shot. Yeah. Because they're just like their country, they're young, scrappy and hungry, and they're not throwing away their shot. 
Yeah, you know there's going to be a long, long time before you can get another all-star season. Yeah. So, Will is a public health specialist and dance teacher, and he also uses hyphens to get around the three-word rule by using the word go-getter, which is technically a hyphenated word, but still doesn't count. And his hobbies include playing board games and beating James, and watching almost every reality TV show there is. My kind of people. And he's most proud of his relationship with James. They've been together for five years and work well as a team. And he says he's most scared of a lack of legroom because he's six foot six. Preach, brother, preach. Because I'm six five. And he's also terrified of taxis, which is a shame that he's on an era of tar that really hates people self-driving. And he most wants to visit Ireland and see or stay in a castle. Now, there's one thing in Will's bio that concerns me slightly, which is that he says he's only doing Amazing Race because it's James's dream. It's a very Dan and Jordan answer. It is, and it kind of worries me slightly that James is going to be far more into it than Will. I don't think that's going to be the case, but it is a little tiny red flag for me. And James is an event coordinator, social media manager, and former host of Afterbus TV's Amazing Race coverage. And he says he's most proud of getting on the Amazing Race because he's sent in nine applications, including Family Edition. And I'm not surprised that he's prouder of getting on Amazing Race than he did of getting on Capture. And he's most scared of visiting countries that are dangerous for LGBT travellers, losing his passport, and not being in control of his environment, which is going to work perfectly on Amazing Race. And he most wants to visit Angkor Wat in Cambodia, and the continent, all in capitals, of Africa. That was, I'm like convinced that was a reference to us. And he quotes Bill Murray and says he hopes that he and Will are able to appreciate each other even more and end up getting married. Spoilers, they are engaged. They, they want to take things a bit slower than Leo and Alana, who are having grandkids at this point. Now their grandkids are having grandkids. <laughs> I have them finishing fifth. Yeah, I think... I don't think James and Will are going to win. Justin from Racer's Recap does. I love James and Will so much. Please don't give me grief on DMs, James. I don't think they're going to win. I think they probably are going to win a leg. I think they may get a proposal if they win a leg, because I don't think their proposal has been put on social media, but I'm not 100% on that, and I am going to go snooping and remove this bit of the podcast if I'm wrong. I think they are going to be an endgame boot. I think they're going to be the endgame boot that I end up getting devastated have gone home. And that's it? Yeah. Have you anything else to say about this wonderful 11-team cast? Nope. Good. Right answer, because it's like half 12 and I want to go to bed. (laughs) So, thank you for listening to our Amazing Race 32 preview. We'll be back next Sunday and every Sunday after to cover this very belated season. Don't forget you can contact us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube or Instagram where we are RTVWarriors. You can email us and contact at RTVWarriors.com. Logan is on Twitter at LogSuperQuacky, and I'm MJ Harmstone. Thank you for listening. Don't forget we're still covering Vias de Mol Renaissance every Wednesday, and we will see you for Amazing Race next week. Peace out and just chill till the first episode. Right I now? think another <laughs> thing about them that put a bitter taste in my mouth prior to being on the race is that there's another Amazing Race podcast um, that Logan SCW Saunders does about the Amazing Race. His in, uh, Twitter is Log Super Coup. I totally probably pronounce this wrong. He did a podcast with his friends recapping the teams, like okay. their first impressions. And I will say, in the team's defense, they were not very nice about their approach, speaking about the models, speaking about even Aaron and Jocelyn. I, they just took it a little far. But 
I feel like when you are a social media influencer, there is some sort of integrity to uphold with your what you post on the internet. True. To some extent. To an extent. So they posted this. They talked. They were making fun of the teams because one of the questions in the profile was, what country are you most excited to see? And the girl said Africa. And as we know, Africa is not a country. So they were making fun of this and how like they weren't intelligent, which is their opinion, not mine. Right. I'm sure they're intelligent. I'm just repeating what I heard in the podcast. But she had to go out of her way to respond and say, this is the funniest shit ever. How can Jessica and I be guests on your amazing podcast? Because we could use those 99 viewers. I don't know. I just think because I am very proud of the podcast we had. Right. If she ever said anything like that, that would not fly with me. Because have some respect. 